Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready to overreact. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who watched football all by himself last weekend. Yeah, that would be me, Ryan Newman. <laughs> and by the other brother who watched football with me. I That's me. I did have the honor of doing that. That's Trey Newman. That's not a fake, Trey. It sounded fake. No, it's being nice. I don't think you really meant it. Ryan, you're just bitter that you weren't invited. So, <laughs> um, all right. Before we get into our week one recap, want to remind everyone, follow us on Instagram at College Football Bros and on Twitter at CFB Bros. Also, if you haven't already, We'd really appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We got four of those this past week. What's our first one, Ryan? All right. Our first one is from uh, Chris. Uh, A lot of numbers after that. I'm not going to read them all. Oh, I was hoping you would read them all. No, sorry. I'm just going to... It's going to be a long podcast. Let's get through this. Uh, Best podcast ever. I always get so excited when I see a new episode pop up on Spotify. You guys are so insightful, and I use the facts you guys share to make my office college pick-em picks. Poor guy. Uh, question, though, from him. If Alabama and Oklahoma go, both go undefeated and both are 100% healthy, who would you all choose to win if they played each other and why? Keep up the good work. Boomer Sooner. Well, I appreciate the review, but I got to go Alabama. I mean, yeah, they yeah. were favored two touchdowns last year when they played, and I don't think the, the gap has narrowed at all, really, so... I mean, they did look good week one, but... They looked great. They looked great. But how much better can you be offensively than last year? Now, the defense might be better. We'll get to that, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. If Tua was hurt, but that wasn't the question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now, the next one is from G-V-Y-G-K-B-H-Y-N-N. Of course. Yeah. Naturally. Best pod ever. Every bro is well-informed and knows a lot about football. P.S. Trey is the real head bro. If I knew your name, I would be pr- singing praises to you right now. He <laughs> spelled your name like Trey as in like you holding a plate or something. Like it's Yeah, a- <laughs> but I know what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, you did. All right. Next one comes from James11228. He says, great podcast. The CFB bros do a deep dive into college football while keeping it lighthearted and funny. I would recommend this podcast to any college football fan. P.S. Quick question for you guys. I live in Massachusetts and currently do not have a team that I root for. What team would you guys recommend I become a fan of, or how do you suggest I pick a favorite team? So I thought a lot about this one, and I have a team. I picked the team for them. It's South Carolina, um, mm. which, yeah, it might be sound questionable, but they fit all the criteria that I recommend James use. So they don't have a history of winning, which I think is a positive thing here because you don't want to just jump on a bandwagon. Like, you don't want to choose Alabama, right? That's that's no fun. Well. No, that's for sure. Okay. And then South Carolina, they've got a great fan base. They recruit pretty well. So they there's the hope of being really good. And they might be getting a new head coach soon. I don't know. I don't want to overreact to week one, but yeah, that's that could be exciting, starting anew. Okay. That's not a bad idea. I mean, you kind of, at the first thing, I was like, South Carolina, oh, I was, was kind of going by geographic here. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I was thinking like BC, you know, I mean, he's from Massachusetts. That would be a reasonable choice too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You couldn't, you really couldn't do UMass. Like, I wouldn't recommend that. That'd be tough to pick up. So, I think, obviously, geographically, BC would make the the most sense. 
they fit the profile. They've never really had any, you know, huge success. So yeah, it's been a while. Been a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, our last one here is from Caitlin's BF seventeen. Guy takes a lot of pride in being Caitlin's boyfriend, um, or she takes a lot of pride in being Caitlin's best friend. Oh wow! I thought boyfriend, but yeah, it could be. But wouldn't it be BFF? Think we've Whatever. spent enough time on this already. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> the bros are funny and know their stuff. Although I still think they are crazy to pick that team up north over the Buckeyes. Oh, H I O. Trey didn't. Trey was the only one. That's true. That's true. Yep. All right. Let's get into our week one recap. Boise State won 31, oh, 36 31 at Florida State. And of course, it was at Florida State because the game moved from Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Uh, Trey, what'd you see here? Yeah. Great win for Boise considering that, considering that they had to, that schedule change at the last minute. But, you know, Florida State, they were leading 24 to 6, then 31 to 13 in the first half. And, you know, year two of the Willie Taggart era is starting off well. Knowles fans are probably thinking last year was an anomaly, like they're ready to compete in the ACC. And then, boom, the <laughs> yeah. second half happens. Yep. Freshman Hank Back- Bachmeyer for Boise, he played like a senior. He threw for 407 yards against that Knowles defense. They, Boise outscored FSU 17 to nothing in the second half, obviously, to, to pull out the win. Boise had 621 yards of offense, yeah, and they possessed the ball for 40 minutes. Like, that's, <laughs> that's incredible, and it is. it's a great win for Boise. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, this was probably one of the most dominating close games that I've really, really seen. Boise should have won this game handily. They're, if you just look at all the stats, Trey, you already mentioned a couple of them, but Boise also had 38 first downs. I don't think I've ever seen a team have that many first downs in a game. That's insane. Yeah. So, and then, like you said, I, Bachmeyer, man, they, they are set there for the next four years, it looks like. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, they are. I'm, I'm actually not quite as discouraged about Florida State as maybe you guys are. I know the defense gave up all those yards, but that's kind of the side of the ball where we think they're going to be at least pretty good. I know it's not a good game one, but I have some faith that they'll be at least solid there. It was the offense that was the major concern coming into the year. And first half, it looks great. Like, yeah, some was, big plays, you know? Yeah, they had a lot of explosive plays, but that's that's something. Yeah. That's yeah. Kendall Bryles' effect, I think. And, you know, they did throughout the game struggle to convert on third down. That's something that needs to get solved. That was a big problem last year. So that is a concern. But at least we saw those glimpses. I think that gives me hope for Florida State, you know, the rest of the year. Like, I'm not burying Willie Taggart yet. I know some people are, but... No, I mean, Boise's a good team. There's, you know, it's that's not a shameful loss, so... But it's just not a good look considering you're up 18 at home. But I agree, I agree. No, it's not good. But by the way, that... uh, The biggest play in the game was when Boise... Their their go-ahead touchdown, right before it, they fumbled. There's two Florida State guys right there, all by themselves, and they just... They can't pick it up. It was... That was rough. That was fumbles like yeah. are hard to watch. Like just, just recover it, just get it. It's like I know, ugh, I know. It's nerve wracking. I saw some people blaming that on coaching. I mean, really? That's just one of those freak plays. Like the ball's loose. Yeah, you go for it, and it just happened that two guys went for it and <laughs> didn't come up with it. Same team, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, next game. Oregon lost a heartbreaker to Auburn, twenty-seven yeah. twenty-one. What happened here, Ryan? I mean, this kind of reminds me of their heartbreak loss last year against Stanford. Just like, yeah. oh, they had so many chances to win. I mean, they really should have won. I feel bad for the Ducks. Uh, 
you know, if Brian Addison was able to pull in that catch early in the game, get that touchdown, or if Herbert didn't fumble inside the 10 after that long return, they had a missed field goal there, couldn't convert in the fourth and one with Herbert out of the game and calling a couple timeouts, and I was all messed up there. So they just had so many things go wrong (laughs) for them to not be able to pull this one out. Flip side, look at it from Auburn's point of view. Bo Nix, I mean, he struggled most of the game, but I'll give him credit. He was clutch at the end, made some big plays. Obviously, that fourth and three run was tight, <laughs> barely got there, but yeah, he made the play. Very close. And then he had a couple of great throws at the end to Seth Williams. Uh, so, you know, it's a good, huge win, especially to, for a, with a true freshman quarterback. Um, and now they have Tulane and Kent State coming up. So that should kind of help Bo Nix get even more comfortable and uh, ready for the rest of the season. So huge win for, for, for Auburn, though. Yeah, definitely huge with with the the schedule they've got overall this year being brutal. Yep. I think I think in this game Auburn kind of showed that they are who we thought they were. They got a great defense, although early in the game it did not look like that the first few possessions, but they settled down and pretty dominant the rest of the game. Yeah. And Bo Nix, like after the first half, I think a lot of people were were saying this guy stinks, but I honestly I didn't I never really looked at it like that because I just the mistakes he were making just seemed like freshman mistakes. It, it, I didn't. I never thought, oh, this guy stinks. This guy isn't going to be good. So he's going to have his ups and downs. He's going to play like a freshman sometimes. But we saw in the second half, there's a ton of potential there too. So I feel pretty good uh, about Auburn yep. and Oregon. You know, you said it, Ryan. They just they got to feel like they should have had this one. It did hurt that they were missing a bunch of receivers, including, of course, Jawan Johnson, which was Ooh. sort of a surprise absence before the game, but. Still, they they should have had it. It feels like, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to. I have two points. One that you briefly mentioned it, Ryan. That that big play in the second quarter when Herbert fumbled that zone read, um, that was pretty bad. And because Big Cat Bryant picked it up, returned it down to the three. I mean, it was a great play by Oregon to to stop them from scoring, and they actually held Auburn to a field goal. But on the other side, I mean, if if Oregon punches that in, they go up twenty one to three, and the game might have essentially been over. Uh, so that was that was huge. And then number two, it didn't backfire. But what the hell was Muschamp or Muschamp Malzahn Malzahn doing? Not going for two at the end of the oh, game. Yes. I mean, dude, they dude. kicked the point to go up six with nine seconds. It's like you have no risk in going for two. And and as we saw, they ended up getting a legit hail mary chance that Herbert threw into the yeah. freaking stands. But um, I mean, that was crazy. If if they if Oregon would have converted that hail mary. I tweeted this out, but Malzahn, Malzahn would have just been fired on the spot. Like, oh, that my. Was, how, how do you make that mistake? That's crazy. I don't know. It, if you're really, really stretching, maybe he didn't want a pick two that would put it within three. But that's that that chance is so that's remote. Really, that, really stretching. <laughs> yeah, that's that's stretching. <laughs> um, and and also, Ryan, we also kind of glossed over it. Just the the last play, the throw to Seth Williams. That was crazy. There were 16 seconds left. Yep. They were in field goal range. You kind of, I just thought they were going to, you know, try and throw it towards the sideline, maybe just try and get five or 10 more yards to, to make it a more, it would have been a very makeable field goal to win, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. He threw it deep and it worked out. Yep. Great game. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to our rapid recaps. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Uh, my first game, we have, uh, the Holy War was Utah BYU that was played on Thursday and. I think we were all really looking forward to this one, and it was entertaining for a half. It was close, but Utah just took over in the second half. Zach Moss had a huge game, nearly 200 yards on the ground. 
Tyler Huntley really didn't have to do much at all in this one. He was just kind of managed the game. And the Utes uh, ended up winning 30-12. to 12. Uh, Utah State at Wake. This one was on Friday. Uh, very entertaining game. They These teams, like, they alternated scores every possession. It was no team scored twice in a row the entire game. Uh, both quarterbacks threw for over 400 yards. But in the end, it was our little brother, Jamie Newman, who made a big-time throw to Sage Surratt uh, to set up the go-ahead touchdown. And Wake escaped with a 38-35 win. So it's just kind of what Dave Clawson does, man. Uh, then we had last night, well, a couple nights ago, if you're listening to this, I suppose, Houston at OU. OU, boy, we kind of mentioned it already. Jalen Hurts was efficient as, yeah, <laughs> as you can be. To say the least. OU won 49-31. That OU defense looked a little bit better. I mean, considering I think they're going up against a really good offense in, in uh, Houston with Derek King. So, uh, very, very good performance, though, from OU. Yeah, um, the front six, especially early in the game, looked really, really good. Derek King just had no time. Right. They started to have some more success as the game wore on, but... You know, at least there was a glimpse there. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, then my last game here is actually going on right now. Notre Dame at Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame's up uh, 28-14. And yeah. if, if Juwan Pass would stop fumbling, then uh, I think Louisville would be in business here. But That would help. We're not able to watch it too closely because we've, we've been doing the podcast here. But I think there was three straight plays where of fumbles. Louisville fumbled it to Notre Dame. Then they fumbled it back, and then Louisville fumbled it back again. So, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, I can't say that I have. But, mate, Javion Hawkins, though, that kid is uh, explosive for Louisville. Fast little dude. All right. Uh, my first game here is on was on Friday. Nevada was down 31-14 to late in the third quarter. Came back to upset Purdue 34-31. Elijah Sindelar, I, I thought, had a great game, but unfortunately late through a through an interception to set up the game-winning 56-yard field goal from the true freshman walk-on Brandon Talton who was immediately put on scholarship after the game which was a really cool video not great for Purdue but I actually think they outplayed Nevada they just lost the turnover battle 5-0 so yeah that's right I think they'll be fine moving forward I but I'm worried about Sindelar he he's more of a pick machine than David Blau was so Man, just for so much of the game, though, he was great. And statistically, yeah. he was great. It was just those, you know, two interceptions. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, who would have thought, by the way, that Blau would be considered not a pick machine after his first year? I think he threw yeah, like true. 20 or something. But anyway, I digress. Uh, next game, Georgia ran all over Vanderbilt to win 30 to 6, 8.1 yards per carry. And their defense just dominated Riley Neal and the Vanderbilt weapons. So. Not much to to glean from that game. My last few games here are Power 5 teams struggling against FCS opponents. Minnesota beat South Dakota State 28-21 on Thursday. But South Dakota State's a top 5 FCS team, so... Yeah, they're good. Yeah, it's not like it was a huge spread. I think it was 14 and a half. Not, not a great look, but again, I'm, I'm not panicking. No. Arkansas struggled to beat Portland State 20-13. to And I am panicking a little bit about yeah. that. The <laughs> yeah. passing game... Did not look good. Ben Hicks struggled. Nick Starkle came in and threw a pick. Could be a long year for Arkansas. And then we will get to Iowa State later in the episode. And also, of course, Tennessee. I know they weren't playing an FCS team, but close enough. Got to talk about them. Yeah. Okay. My first game is Northwestern at Stanford. Stanford won this 17-7. to This was kind of an injury-marred game. It was, it was tough to watch. 
Northwestern's offense couldn't do anything. Hunter Johnson was ineffective. He threw two picks. Oof, what a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Six of 17, 55 yards, two picks. Then TJ Green came in. He only threw for 62 yards, but now he's got a foot injury and is going to miss time. Their running back Bowser got hurt. For Stanford, KJ Costello was playing well, but then he got knocked out uh, for concussion. Like literally. Yeah. 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 So and they didn't call a flag, right? Yeah. No, it was, that was a bad hit. I mean, he's, he looked pretty roughed up. But Northwestern, they uglied it up and they, they, they tried to win it in, in the same fashion that they did last year, but the, they couldn't do it. And by the way, brutal bad beat for Northwestern betters at the very end is Stanford strip sacked Northwestern to recover a TD with less than a minute left to cover. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's an early nom- nominee for bad beat of the year. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Ole Miss at Memphis. This was really surprising scores. Memphis won this one 15 to 10. I didn't anticipate a defensive battle. Uh, Memphis led 13 nothing at half, and Ole Miss ended the game with only 173 total yards to, against a usually suspect Memphis defense. So not a great start for that Rich Rod era on, on offense there. Yeah, that was weird. That was a very weird result. Uh, next one. Probably one of the most surprising results, uh, Missouri at Wyoming. Wyoming won this one 37 to 31. I was pretty high on Mizzou and, and really didn't envision Kelly Bryant throwing for 423 yards and, and losing, but Wyoming ran for 297 yards. They won the turnover battle. Uh, Missouri tried to fight back desperately, but uh, they couldn't do it. So big win for Craig Bull and the Cowboys. Yeah. And then finally, Virginia at Pitt. Uh, Virginia's defense carried the Cavs to a 30 to 14 win here. They forced two Kenny Pickett interceptions, held Pitt to only uh, 260 yards of offense. Bryce Perkins didn't do a whole lot, but he was a fit, efficient and uh, and scored a couple times. Virginia, that's just what they do under Mendenhall. They play sound and, and don't beat themselves. All right. Next up, we've got uh, we're going to get to some notable quarterback performances. So there were a lot of guys making their first start or at least their first start in a new situation. Uh, each of us brought three to the table. Why don't you go first, Ryan? OK, my first one is uh, Jacob Eason for you, Dub. Very, very good first game. He threw for 349 yards, four touchdowns to no interceptions. I know it was against Eastern Washington, uh, but I mean, it's still impressive nonetheless. Um, just what I'm very curious to see what he's going to do uh, next week uh, against Cal. That's going to be a, a big time matchup there. So yeah, probably be his biggest test of the season. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, TCU's quarterbacks, Alex Delton and Max Duggan. Uh Really hard to get a read on these two since Arkansas Pine Bluff is uh, pretty terrible. Uh, Duggan looked better through the air. Delton looked better on the ground. I mean, they both had moments there, so it's kind of hard to say who they should go with at this point. I would lean towards Duggan, but that seems like why not go with the freshman that's got more talent? Yeah, he and he was efficient through the air. I I would go with him, but we'll see what happens. Uh, They have a bye actually coming up this week, and then they they get Purdue. So that'll be that'll be a good game. And finally, Anthony Gordon for Wazoo. Again, they played a terrible team, New Mexico State, uh, but Gordon was about as efficient as you possibly could be. 420 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, even Gage Gabrud came in and, and he did a really good job as well. So just a, it's really dominating performance for the Cougs, but all three quarterbacks look good there. All right. Uh, my first quarterback I have here, Tommy Stevens, who was very good for Mississippi State against Louisiana. 
But I will say, I look back at Nick Fitzgerald's stats against Louisiana last year, and they were basically identical. So <laughs> I guess the jury's still out there. Uh, Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State was wow. incredible. Yeah, the jury has rendered the verdict, and he's awesome. I know it was against Oregon State's defense. I don't care. I just feel like this guy's going to be really, really good. So. Yeah, I liked him, man, coming into this year. Mm-hmm. And then finally, McLean Carter for Rutgers. Had a good game against UMass, 21 of 31, 340 yards and two touchdowns. He did throw three picks, so maybe a sliver of hope for hashtag free art, but not much. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. All right. My first guy, Sean Clifford. I know it was only Idaho, but he helped Penn State score 79 points. He threw for 280 yards, two touchdowns, also added 57 on the ground. So semi-encouraging start to, to his, his era at Penn State. Next guy, Jaden Daniels. He led Arizona State to a 30-7 to win over Kent State. And Daniels threw for 284 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. So he did about everything Herm could have asked of him in, in his first game. He also had a rushing touchdown. So it's a pretty promising start for him. Yeah, for the true freshman. Yeah. And then finally, Matt McKay at NC State. Uh, he helped them beat East Carolina 34 to 6. He was 25 of 37, 308 yards and a touchdown and, and added two rushing touchdowns. So again, couldn't have asked for a better start for NC State's quarterback play and Matt McKay. All right. All the quarterbacks are doing well. There's just, I guess it's easy opponents for the most part week one, but yeah, uh, we'll also get to Justin Fields later. So don't worry Who? about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little guy that plays for Ohio State. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've got two segments this week. Our first is called How Worried Are You? And it's inspired by the old NBA TV show, The Starters. So we're going to go through a bunch of teams and players that that struggled week one. And we're going to say, you know, how worried we are moving forward. So each of us, though, is going to create our own unique scale. You can have four levels of worry. So one being not all that worried and four extremely worried. Ryan, give us your scale. Okay, I'll start us off with uh, my level one. I only have one Coke left in the fridge. Ooh, okay. That's, yeah. that's. I'm not like freaking out because I know I can go get more, but you know, something's got to happen here pretty quick. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, level two, uh, it's a few hours until the podcast starts and I have not prepared at all. Oh boy. Oh boy. Is that yep. you winging it this episode? Is that this episode? Uh a little bit. <laughs> uh, level three. Uh, my wife's birthday is tomorrow, and I have not gotten her gift yet. That's worrisome. Is that the case right now, or just hypothetically? Hypothetical. No. Okay. Yep. It's in. <laughs> it's in June, so I'm good. Got some time. Uh, and then level four. Adrian Martinez took an awkward step and is showing signs of limping. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! That that would be. I don't even know what I would do at that point. <laughs> okay trey what's your scale all right number one if it rains in southern california i don't i don't pay for the rain here i don't want it to rain so a little worried if it, it's raining okay number two my wife Allie has taken a liking to college football this year and you know she's starting to come up with facts that uh that i didn't even know so i'm starting to get a little nervous that she'll start to know more than me fair yeah she's fair. got the twitter game going on too yeah follow her at uh at Husker Alley, A-L-L-I-E. At Husker Alley. Okay. That's right. Number three, waking up after you've already silenced the alarm and you don't know what time it is. Mm. That's... That is, yeah. That's a terrifying, like, three seconds. It, it, 
did you sleep for a minute or like an hour? Yeah, that's that's frightening. And then my highest level of worry, level four, is you know when you're streaming a game and it starts to buffer during the most crucial part of the game and you're trying to like Oof. play, re- open it up again. Oh, that is. You don't know if you should close it and reopen yeah, it or oh. just let it go. There's so many thoughts that go through your head. Yep, that's rough. All right, you guys, have, those are really good scales. I like it. Uh, f- my lowest level of worry, level one, my gas tank is close to zero. Yeah. Been there before. I've never yeah. run out of gas, so. Not that worried. It's all good. Level two, I'm not at home and my AirPod batteries are about to die. Wow. Start sweating a little bit there. I got to have my podcast. So (laughs) level three, I have to pee during the middle of a Broadway play and I'm sitting in the middle seat. Oh, this happened. Of course, this is a true story. And I eat your pants. Well, almost (laughs) as far as you're concerned, as far as the listeners concerned. Almost. (laughs) Level four, my highest level of worry, a Cinnabon store just opened up down the street. Did it? It didn't, but if it did, that'd be very worrisome because I'd... Muy gordo. Probably die like 10 years earlier. (laughs) But it might be worth it. It, Actually, that's a good point. It might be worth it. (laughs) Okay, let's get to our first player then, now that you know our scales. Trevor Lawrence's Heisman candidacy. So, Trey, how worried are you? One. Yeah, raining in Southern California. I mean, okay. I mean, through through one game, it looks like ETN might be the better pick on Clemson. But again, it's only one game. Lawrence is going to have chances to steal the show. And like just like this upcoming weekend uh, against A&M, you know, if he has a big game, he's back near the top. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd have to put it at level one. Just one Coke left in the fridge for me. We, we've <laughs> seen him. We know what he is. He's had huge games and obviously like national title. So I'm not worried about it. He's he's right up there. I, I think he'll be fine, but I'm actually going level three. Have to pee during a Broadway play because he got Jalen Hurts now. Tua, of course, had a great game. Justin Fields. So there's just so much competition there. It feels like you can't afford hardly any down games. And now he's, you know, had one. So that's all it took for Tua last year to lose. It was one bad game. But at, at the end of the year. True. Uh, okay, next one, Nebraska. What do you think, Ryan? Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to say level two. So it's a few hours until the podcast starts, and I'm not ready for it. Um, I'm I'm kind of waiting to freak out until after this week against Colorado. Uh, if Nebraska looks the same offensively as it did in week one uh, in that game, then I'll, I'll be full-blown freaking out level four. I'll be thinking the season's over. We suck. You know, we're never going to be good. My life is over. All that stuff. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, whoa there. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say level two. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat confident that they're going to have a much better showing uh, in week two. Okay. I'm, I'm level two also. AirPods are about to die. It's, it's not a great sign, but agreed. I'm, I'm delaying it until after this week clean sweep i mean my personal self it's four and i'm freaking out but no my rational side is is the two yeah okay next one michigan state's offense i am straight to level four cinnabon opening up down the street yep the defense was amazing for michigan state forcing tulsa to negative 73 yards which rushing is insane but offensively i mean i've i've seen enough i thought they'd bounce back this year but I already just don't think that's going to happen. The O-line still sucks. 2.7 yards per carry in the game. Lewerke had 5.2 yards per pass. They just, they suck. It, again. Yeah, there's just no way around it here. Oh, no. We suck again. Yeah. Oh, no. We suck. Yeah. 
I'm I'm not quite the four. I'm going to say three, you know, fall, waking up after you've silenced the alarm uh, just because I know it's only one game, but not not good. Not good game one. Yeah, I'd, I'm going to agree with Trey. I'm going to say a level three is my wife's birthday tomorrow and haven't gotten her gift. You know, we've seen them struggle, obviously, for over a year now. Uh, but if they're just like slightly better than last year, they might win nine, ten games still because their defense is so incredible. So I'm not going to totally go to level four yet. Okay, next is Iowa State. What do you think, Trey? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going level one. It, it's raining in SoCal. So Iowa State, they obviously, they just played Northern Iowa. They beat, had to play three overtimes to beat them. But Northern Iowa's really good in the FCS. And it's not like I was expecting Iowa State to to win the playoff. I mean, Brock Purdy played well. The defense held Northern Iowa to only 34 rushing yards. So I'm not quite concerned yet. I agree. The defense, they only gave up six points in regulation too. So um, yeah, level one, low on gas. And how many points did they score in regulation? Well, they only scored, what, 13? So that's that's not good. But like, like Trey said, I have faith in Purdy. I've got faith in Matt Campbell. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm going up a notch. I'm going to say level two. Uh, I just, I've been saying it going into this year, having to replace Akeem Butler is a huge, huge deal. It's like John Ross in Washington. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Never heard you talk about John <laughs> Ross. Where's that big playability going to come from? I, I've striking similarity. It just popped to me right now. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm more worried about it than you guys are. All right. How about the LA schools, USC and UCLA? How worried are you about them, Ryan? No, nah, it's, it's level four. Adrian Martinez took an awkward step. Actually, Ooh. not even took an awkward step. I think his leg fell off. Oh, um, no. wow. Yeah, I'm very, very worried about these schools. Even <laughs> me, who has been as low on UCLA as anybody and Chip Kelly, I thought they'd improve this year. I thought they'd be decent, make a bowl game, no problem and stuff like that. But man, did DTR look horrible and defense was okay. I guess they didn't, they did fine, but wow, that was just a disappointing performance. And then USC, JT Daniels was looking solid, then com- com- goes ahead and tears his ACL and out for the year. And so true freshman Keaton Slovis. <laughs> Sorry, it's not Mike. funny. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's been crazy for Clay yeah. here. I'm yeah. saying I'm actually going level three, you know, waking up after the alarm. Uh, I already silenced it. It's just... I already wasn't overly optimistic on USC anyways, and obviously losing Daniels, thats it's not completely their fault that they're struggle. And I'm also not totally code red on UCLA. Yeah, they didn't look good, Ryan, but that's a tough first game to go at Cincinnati. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a few games to really reserve judgment. I'm level four, Cinnabon, Cinnabon opening up. I'm, I'm with Ryan. I <laughs> echo your sentiments. And for USC, though, at least the, the only silver lining is that now it's more likely that Clay Helton will get fired because there we're, you go. we're having to go at this tough schedule with a, a true freshman quarterback. So kind of like last year. Exactly. But Ryan, I'm still, I just lo- I love you. You got to change your level four now to Adrian Martinez leg f- it fell off. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might have to go with the backup at that point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Okay, uh, next one is Justin Fuente at Virginia Ch- Virginia Tech. And, of course, they lost to Boston College 35-28. Ryan Willis turned it over four times. But more concerning to me is the defense. It still looks bad. And with all the transfers they've had the past couple years, things are just kind of heading in the wrong direction after a great start to, to Fuente's career there. I got to go level three. Got to pee during a Broadway play. I might piss myself. That's very worrisome, that peeing thing, it's, Mike. Yes. Yeah. 
for sure. It is scarfing um, too. Like I will not go to any theater and not be on an aisle seat. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I have to go. I always go right before the movie anyways, just to kind of prevent that. But even still, like that tub of Coke I get, it's <laughs> yeah. challenging. A longer well, and movie. And the other thing is, so I really had to go. I'll just tell the story here. Why not? Sure. I And so I waited for the scene or whatever they call it to end. And then I got up and tried to go out. And the person on the aisle was like on crutches. Oh, and they just looked at me. They're just like, I can't move. And I'm like, okay. So I went back to the other way. Oh, no. But by that time, the play had started up again. So I had to wait a whole nother 10 or 15 minutes. And it was dire. Wow. Yeah. that That's very nerve wracking, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd tell that story for some reason. Of course, the guy on the end has crutches and you can't get by. I know. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> uh okay so you said level three uh i'm gonna say level two just a few hours to the pod and have it prepared um at bc is not a bad loss it's there bc is not a bad team at all they and outside of a game that they have later at notre dame virginia tech's favor our schedule is very very favorable if you look at it i think bc at bc is maybe they're third or possibly even second hardest game. So I'm not totally freaking out yet. I still think they're going to make a bowl game and be just fine. And you, you mentioned all the transfers and stuff. I mean, I know it's year four for Fuente, but I don't know. Sometimes it takes five, six to really get all your, your stuff in order, but just nobody's that patient. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm going three. Uh, just not a lot of good uh, mojo in Blacksburg at the moment with all the the losses and even Bud adding in Bud Foster retiring at the end of the year and the defense isn't even playing that great anyways. So, okay, let's move on to the one I'm sure a lot of people are waiting for. Although if you're a Tennessee fan right now, you're probably not listening to any podcasts after this week. Like don't subject yourself no, to that. I, yeah, I wouldn't be. No, you've heard it all. This is stage four. You know, you losing the stream. It's, oh, stage four. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> it, rough. You know, the stream is buffering at the most crucial time. I, I fully admit I was a little bullish on Tennessee. I, I mean, I didn't think they'd win the division, but I thought Garantano and all of the returning starters would help lead to a better season. But man, Jeremy Pruitt's seat is getting more orange than the Vols color. Oh, hmm. I, um, I, my brain was just like <laughs> the, the, the gif of, uh, Zach Galifianakis just trying to put that joke together in my head. And tell, oh, should I laugh yeah. at this? Is this funny? <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I, I I agree with Trey. It is definitely level four. So now it's Adrian Martinez's leg fell off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm. I just don't know how you could be anything less if you're for, for Tennessee here. I, I feel bad for him because you know I like Tennessee. They're great fans. It's a great stadium. It's cool. I love them. Uh, they got a lot of great history, but it's just uh, not working out. All right, I'm going level three. Got to pee. Wow. I'll just I'll wait till after this BYU game. If if they lose that too. Then I'm level four. A loss at home to Georgia State isn't enough? Well, you know, stuff happens. You know, didn't uh, Saban year one? I know it was year one for Saban, but he lost to like... Hawaii? No, it wasn't or Hawaii. No. Who did Alabama lose to year one? Was it like UL Monroe? I don't remember. I'll, I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, anyway, that sounds right. That's right. Jeremy Pruitt's Nick Saban. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. next one. South Carolina. What do you think, Ryan? I think we got ourselves another level four. Martinez's leg fell off. Um, I mean, the season is kind of over for the Gamecocks right now. They, especially with uh, Bentley out for at least six weeks with that foot injury. So they're going to be relying on a true freshman, a Holinsky. And with that schedule, 
man, it's uh, it would just be shocking if they uh, if they were able to make a bowl game. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. Um, but by the way, this what a what a game from Sam Howell for North Carolina against South Carolina here. Uh, looks like they've found their quarterback for the future too. Um, although. Trey, Trey, you were with me when it happened, but Ryan, did you see that fourth down kneel down at the end of the game for? I think, yeah, you, yeah, you were, I was with Trey, but yeah, did you just see Michael? <laughs> oh, jerk. Okay, but did you see it? <laughs> Why'd you have to mention that? Well, just, you know, just to make you jealous. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, what the H? Like, yeah. what they the knelt H on fourth happened. down, which gave South Carolina a chance for a Hail Mary. It was crazy. But anyway, yeah, that was when things like when things like that happen, I cheer for the other team so that they, they can learn a lesson. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. What's worse, the the kneel or the spike, the less miles spike? Oof. It's honestly close. It's <laughs> it's close. But but hey, maybe a blessing in disguise to move on to the Holinsky era with with Bentley hurt. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not looking good for Muschamp now. So, yeah, I was I was level three until the must or until the Bentley news. I just there's just not anything promising coming out of the South Carolina's camp. All right. Well, that was really depressing that game, but let's, let's, let's turn it around. Yeah. Let's play. How excited are you? So we got to have, we're going to have three new scales here again. One, this time being slightly excited four being extremely Trey. What is your scale? So level one, watching one of my favorite shows. I'm not a huge TV guy, but I, I do enjoy watching some of my, my favorites. Level two, getting a nice gift. I I get excited when I get a nice gift. Sure, sure. Level, level three, getting a raise at work. That's Ooh. always good. That's fun. And level four, I haven't experienced this, but I can only imagine what a hole-in-one would feel like. Oh, oh so wow. I went wow. with a hole-in-one. <laughs> wow. Brings it okay. up himself. So for me, we got level one, getting a hole-in-one, you know, because it's already happened. Yeah, it's not really no thing. that big of a deal anymore. Uh, <laughs> level two, it's going to be putting in, uh, getting an onion ring in my fries at Burger King. Oh, that's oh. nice. That's an exciting moment. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> level three, pumpkin spice lattes are back at Starbucks. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Which, yeah, I'll get some flack for that, but they are amazing. I don't care. Level four, most excited. A Cinnabon store just opened up down the street because <laughs> it's also awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Those are good. Uh, all right. Level one for me. Uh, it's Friday and I, I just got off work. Got the weekend here. Well, nice all right. time. Starting strong here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, now, level two, I'm about to go on a, a nice vacation. Those are always good. Very nice. Yeah. Number three. Maybe I should put this at four. It's pretty sweet. Just got a new car. Wow, yeah, that's... Yeah, pretty fun. What's better than that? Uh, Well, level four, Nebraska beats Ohio State in the final seconds while we're in Lincoln. Oh. That's better. Yeah, no, that works. That I'd works. Dri- I'd drive it like a... Well, I don't want to say anything. This is a bad car. I won't go anything in particular. Okay, let's get to uh, the players and teams then that did well week one. Justin Fields. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, wow. That first nine minutes was uh, pretty incredible there. He had, what, four touchdowns in that that span. Um, I'm going to hold judgment a little bit, uh, so I'm just going to go with level one. Just got off work on Friday. Uh, Just because, I mean, you expect him to do stuff like that against Florida Atlantic with the talent discrepancy between those two teams. So I want to wait till I see it against good competition. 
I'm actually going three, getting a raise at work, because I was cautious, cautiously optimistic. I didn't really know what he'd be like, but in his first showing, I, I'm just really now excited to see what what he, how good he really can be. Yep, level three as well, pumpkin spice lattes, because you know the only reason I didn't go level four was that was the the FAU defense. I mean, guys were running wide open. His receivers, a lot of those touchdowns were easy throws, but still, he's great. Yep. Mac Brown at North Carolina. What do you think, Trey? I was a one before last week, but after beating South Carolina with uh, with Sam Howell, as you mentioned earlier, there's some instant reason for optimism. So I got to go too. getting a, a nice gift. I mean, maybe he can build a good foundation at, at UNC and help create a contender in the ACC. Yeah, I'm going level three, going back to pumpkin spice latte. Recruiting's going really, really well. Got the quarterback now. Hard not to be excited. Yeah, I agree completely with you, Michael. Just level three, just bought a new car. Uh, it was a great first win. The defense looked pretty good. And you got a quarterback for four years here that you think is going to be all awesome. So there's, I was somewhat optimistic about Mac Brown and I'm even more excited than I think than I was. Okay, next up is LSU's offense. They put up 55 on Georgia Southern and the offense was different. It was no huddle, shotgun spread. Joe Burrow threw five touchdown passes to only four incompletions, so he looked great. The receivers looked great, but the running game did kind of struggle against a bad defense, so I'm just going level two podcast. Oh, no, I I forgot that I did an audible on my levels. Level two was uh, onion ring and the fries. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, All right. I agree with you, though. I'm going level two. about to take a nice vacation. Uh, we've seen LSU struggle against these types of teams in the past. I mean, just look, what, Troy a couple years ago. It seems like that we've never seen them click on all cylinders, even against you know pretty bad teams. So I, I'm pretty excited about it. Just the no huddle, opening it up, maybe using their talents a little bit better on the outside. So it's, I don't think I'm going to go level one. I'm, I want to stick with the – I'm pretty excited. Level two. I'm actually going to go level three, uh, getting a raise at work. I just It's been hard to watch the LSU offense the last few years, and I think finally – starting to open it up makes it a little more exciting and now i'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do against texas which you know Trey, we'll talk you, about does your boss listen to this podcast you, you trying to no. get a raise here yeah. no but he should <laughs> all right ryan next one is wisconsin how excited are you about wisconsin um i'm gonna go pretty high i'm gonna say buying a new car level three i felt pretty good about them actually going into that that particular game um, even though I wasn't super high on the Badgers for their overall season, but I, I just kind of knew USF and Charlie Strong, or I feel like they're going to struggle this year. They're not very good, but what the Badgers did was incredible. I mean, they just roughed them up. They made them look pathetic. So uh, did not expect that. Everything looked good for them. Running game, Jack Cohn was solid. Defense was awesome. So that was a very exciting performance from the Badgers. Yeah, that's what did it for me was the dominance of the defense. No matter who you're going up against, that was pretty good. And Jordan Cronkite is a good running back, and he wasn't able to do anything. So level three, pumpkin spice latte. Um, I was between two and three. I'm going to go level two at this point, getting a nice gift. Uh, They did did exceed my expectations in this game, but I want to wait for a game where they're going to really need to rely on Jack Cohn's arm. I want to see what would happen there. But they they asserted themselves here in this game all right last one we have here jalen hurts heisman candidacy how excited are you trey for uh getting a hole in one not that again i don't know what that's like but uh <laughs> <I> can imagine <laughs> i mean i know it was houston 
But I was a little skeptical of him being Oklahoma's real chance at winning a, a, a third straight Heisman, but he excelled in both facets of the game, running and throwing. And now I'm just really excited to see him throughout the season. Completely agree. I feel like it has to be level four for me. It's Cinnabon, but he was perfect. I mean, that was, you couldn't have asked for anything more. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Level four, Nebraska beats Ohio State. That's just, I mean, wow. Some of the plays that Lincoln Riley was coming up with there, that one play in particular where he like hurts fake right and then it's like a counter left. It was like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, and they're not, I like that they, they weren't afraid to run him. They're, they're not just going to play it safe with him. Yeah, unlike, I wish Frost would do that. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um doesn't quite have the offensive line that's the other thing the offensive line looked very good for oklahoma too so yeah that was a that was a big plus for that all right let's move on to our week two picks and we will start with a huge game texas a&m at clemson clemson's favored 17 and a half and this game's going to be a big test for some new faces on the front seven for a&m and also for the guys coming back in the secondary that kind of struggled last year i think clemson's gonna have a lot of success offensively i mean why wouldn't they? But I am going to take the points with with A&M, really just because that's a lot of points to give a great coach like Jimbo Fisher. And Kellen Mond, he was incredible in this game last year. He's still got a good receiving core led by Courtney Davis. So even if this game does get a little bit out of hand, the back door, I think, is at the very least going to be open with their passing game. So right. give me A&M. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with those sentiments, Mike. Uh, I'd no, the front seven's a little worrisome for AM, but they look really good in week one. I mean, I know it's Texas State, but Texas State couldn't do anything. So that's encouraging if you're an Aggie fan. To me, the, the question mark is how is uh, A&M's corners going to match up with Justin Ross and T. Higgins, especially since they're going to have to do it without their returning starter, uh, Davion Renfro. He's still suspended for this game. So they're going to be relying on Elijah Blades, the Juco transfer, and Charles Oliver. I, those guys are a little green, so we'll have to see. Uh, I do think they'll struggle a little bit containing those guys, but not enough to, to cover the spread. So I'm kind of with you, Mike. I think Kellen Mond and Texas A&M will do enough to keep this one relatively close. Yeah, sweep here. I'm going with the Aggies. I liked what I saw from Kellen Mond last week. Uh, I think he's developed uh, one step further. And we remember last year they played Clemson down to the wire, and I feel like this is just way too many points. Uh, and, you know, you talk about the corners. A&M did force four interceptions last week, so the back end is at least playing with some confidence. I know it was Texas State, not Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a little bit tougher test this week. Huge difference, but they at least have some confidence there. Yeah, true. Okay, next game, LSU at Texas. Tigers are favored by five. What are your thoughts here, Ryan? Yeah, just super pumped to watch this game. Both teams look good week one. LSU probably looked more impressive. They didn't even let Georgia Southern get to 100 yards in the game. Uh, Texas gave up over 340 through the air and 400 total to Louisiana Tech. But, you know, that was it was a good first game. Uh, so LSU being favored by five sounds about right. I just feel that LSU's, I feel more confident that they're going to be able to slow down Ellinger and Texas's offense. But on the flip side, I'm just not sure how Texas is going to handle LSU's offense. Uh, that young defense, good, pretty solid first game, not great. I don't know. But what I do know is Tom Herman is 13-2-1 against the spread as an underdog. And he's, he, won, he won 10 of those games. Yeah, that so, is, that's the stat that always comes up. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I, 
I'm not going to go against those numbers, uh, even though I f- my head's kind of telling me I should, uh, or, or my heart is. I guess it's my heart. Yeah. Yeah, my heart's telling me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But I think LSU will win, uh, but I'm going to take the five points with Texas. Yeah. I Because of that stat that you said, I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm, I'm going to go with LSU. Uh, I haven't in the past been overly confident with Ed Orgeron or in that, in that LSU offense, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And Burrow has won in tough environments before, like last year he won at Auburn. I think LSU is deeper at this point in the season because Texas is relying on all that youth. So I'm going to take the Tigers. I'm with you, Trey. But I, I will say that five-point spread, f- five-point favorite on the road. It's a lot is a pretty strong statement because they're basically saying that LSU is, you know, touchdown or better on on a, yeah. a neutral field. So it's saying a lot, but I agree with it. I, I think I, I really like LSU. The defense is possibly the best in the country. And I think the offense matches up well with Texas with this new passing game they've got, a deep receiving core, going up against some sophomore corners that are talented, but still question marks at this point in the season so totally this is actually my favorite bet of the week i'm gonna make lsu my lock all right wow my lock last week was a very lucky winner auburn oh wow (laughs) i'd kind of written it off but going against the tom herman spread thing here making that your lock not a big trend guy not a big trend guy no clearly by your what you wear Oh, oh, wow. He went straight to the fashion. Jeez. Very witty. So I got to give you credit for that, but I didn't like it. Yeah, you were on that one, Ryan. Well done. Yeah. Well, it's really more of a, an attack on me, actually. I'm really not trendy, but, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's, right. uh, let's get to some of the other games that are definitely worth mentioning. Uh, Trey, what's our, who are your honorable mentions? All right. First, we've got Cincinnati at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are currently a 16 and a half point favorite. I'm going with the Buckeyes. Cincinnati squeaked out their win versus UCLA last week, despite forcing four turnovers and holding UCLA to only 218 yards. I don't see them being able to really slow down Fields, Dobbins, and the Buckeye offense to those numbers. So Ritter and Warren are going to need to have a huge game to be able to compete. So I like Ohio State. Stanford at USC is my next game. Early, early line is USC minus three. We're, we don't really know for sure if Costello was going to be able to play after missing most of the game on Saturday with his uh, concussion. Either way, I think I'm going to lean to Stanford. I liked what I saw from their defense. Scarlett running the ball should be at least effective. And Slovis, he just looked very green from the, the few few plays that, uh, that I watched him play in the second half against Fresno. So I think Stanford's going to pull it out. Now I've got West Virginia at Mizzou. Mizzou's favored 14. It's a tough game. West Virginia, they pulled out a 20-13 win against James Madison, but I was surprised that they could only muster 20 points and 34 yards rushing. And then seeing how Wyoming was able to run over Mizzou, I think the Mountaineers are going to need to do the same. I'm going to take the points with West Virginia. I'm not ready to, to give two touchdowns with the team that played so poorly against Wyoming. And then finally, Cal at UW. UW is favored 14. Cal outgained UC Davis by over 200 yards, but they had to fight to pull out a win. They're not going to be able to match that production against this Husky defense. Eason, I like what I saw. I I see UW rolling here, and I'm actually going to make Washington my lock of the week. Wow. Going against that Cal defense. All right. My first game, Army at Michigan. Michigan's favored 23 and they're coming off of, uh, I guess, an up-and-down 
debut for Josh Gaddis's new offense against Middle Tennessee. Patterson apparently wasn't 100% healthy, so the coaching staff used Dylan McCaffrey a lot in the second half. They even put both of them on the field at the same time, which didn't really work out. But, uh, I mean, you never know what can happen against Army, the way they limit possessions. But Army just struggled to beat Rice, one of the worst teams in college football. Maybe the worst team. So, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan. I think they roll. Next game, Vanderbilt at Purdue. Purdue's favored seven and a half. Both teams need a win very badly or else it's going to be an uphill battle to to try to make a bowl game. I'll take Purdue. I think Vanderbilt's quarterbacks just showed zero signs of life against Georgia. I think Purdue bounces back and covers the spread here. Syracuse minus two at Maryland. In the offseason uh, preview pods, I called for a Maryland upset here. But now the point spread is... I mean, like two. Yeah, it's only two. It's not really that big of an upset, but I'll still I'll stick with Maryland in the two points and Josh Jackson just because Tommy DeVito did not look promising game one against Liberty. He had a terrible game, so yep. I need to, to see him prove it. And then finally, some couple good games involving G5 teams, or quite a few actually. Marshall at Boise State on Friday. The Broncos are favored 11 and a half. I'll lay those points. Marshall lost some pretty big pieces from their front seven. UCF minus 10 at FAU. If Dylan Gabriel, the, the freshman, gets more snaps at quarterback for, for UCF, then instead of... The better. Yeah, they better, because I think yeah. he's better than Brandon Wimbush from the little bit we've seen now. If that's the case, then I like UCF. North Texas at SMU. SMU is favored by four. Really good quarterback matchup here. Mason Fine against Shane Bichelle. I'm going to go with my boy Bichelle, because North Texas's defense kind of struggled last week against Abilene Christian, so... See a big game for Bichelle. And then Ohio at the Power 5 team, Pitt. Pitt is favored by six. And I will happily take one of the best players in college football, Nathan Rourke, with six points against Kenny Pickett. Yeah, got to agree with that one. (laughs) Um, All right, my first game, we got Nebraska. They're favored about five points right now at Colorado. Spread has been moving in Colorado's favor here uh, the, the past couple days. Not really surprising, giving Nebraska's poor performance offensively. Uh, I, went into, I went into this year thinking Nebraska would win this one easily, and I'm not going to jump ship after just one week, especially with uh, the defense that looked improved. Uh, so I'm going to take Nebraska here, but maybe not quite by the three touchdowns that I said earlier. Okay. But, but they'll still cover. Uh, next game, BYU at Tennessee, who's favorite three and a half. Both these teams are looking for uh, bounce-back performances. I'm a little bit more confident in BYU than I am uh, in Tennessee at this point. I think that BYU loss to, to Utah was closer than maybe the score indicated. Uh, it was a close game at halftime, and they just couldn't take advantage. So I'm, I'm going to take the Cougars plus the three and a half points. Then we're moving on to Miami, minus five and a half at North Carolina. Mac Brown's team is feeling pretty good about itself after upsetting South Carolina, and I think they're going to do the same here. I think they're going to upset Miami. Uh, did not like what I saw from the Canes against Florida. Yeah, I know Florida's pretty good. It was a close game, but Florida dominated that game. They should have won by a couple touchdowns at least, and that Canes offense is just an absolute mess. doesn't look any better than it was last year. So I'm taking North Carolina, and I'm going to make them my lock. And then... My last game, I got Minnesota. They're favored a field goal at Fresno. I mean, obviously Minnesota didn't look all that impressive against the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State, but like we said, they're a good FCS team, very good. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the Gophers at this point. They're not really an explosive offense. It's not really what they do. So 
I think they're going to control this game on the ground with Rodney Smith and Muhammad Ibrahim. So I'm going to I'm going to give the three points there. All right, a lot of games, a lot of games we got to there, and it's a long podcast, guys. I hope I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah, but we still have to get to our questionable finish. All right, this first one comes from a listener at the Fell Knight on Twitter. He says, Jackson State's mascot got flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct for coming onto the field after a touchdown pass. Name a time you got in trouble for being somewhere you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, well, for me, this happens quite often. Uh, when I play golf, I'm quite frequently on the wrong hole with, oh, my, uh, yeah. with my drives. So I'll try to play it through the other <laughs> direction of the hole. Yeah, been there. Or... Uh, for me, I was I was in London, uh, well, many years ago now, with some friends, and it was super late, and we decided to go to this underground bar that we were walking by. We opened the door, and there was only one table there, only one group of people there, and we, we they all looked up at us, and we looked at them, we looked down, and there were several lines of Coke on the table. <laughs> and so we just immediately looked at each other like, all right, we're out of here. Guess See we're going guys. in. Guess we're going no. in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine, I, uh, this is a few years back, but I missed a day of work to watch the NCAA tournament, and uh, the, my boss at the time wasn't too happy. Ooh, oh, yeah. Kind of saw through that. They, they really, there was no excuse I could really come up with. All right, next question. Hugh Freeze coached Liberty's game against Syracuse from a hospital bed overlooking the field. What is the weirdest story involving a coach on game day that you can remember? I got to say... Woody Hayes punching the Clemson player in the Gator Bowl back in the late 70s. I mean, that is bizarre. Could you imagine seeing that nowadays? Oh, that would wow. be a very big story. Yep. Um, but I'm just going to go back to this weekend in the Oklahoma State-Oregon State game. It was delayed slightly because some coaches, uh, some of the Oklahoma State coaches were stuck in an elevator. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like in the middle of the game. Wow. It was weird. That's weird. Um, okay, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to go back. It was like 2011, uh, Nebraska, when they we, they ended up beating, I think it was Ohio State. And Bo Pelini, after the game, was like cussing out the fans. He was recorded and he was saying, F you fans, F them all. You know, like, it's just <laughs> like, wow. And he didn't even get fired. Like, how could you not get fired after that? Oh, I miss Bo a little bit. Not oh, much, yeah, but a little. Yeah. Uh, okay, last question. Upset special. You got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. Last week, my my Toledo pick over Kentucky didn't work out, but I will say Mitchell Guadani, when he was healthy, was it was you know it was looking pretty good. There was a chance there. It was tied at halftime, wasn't it? I think so. So this week, I'm taking New Mexico State to win at Alabama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. I'm good not one. Doing I like that. that. <laughs> That's like one of the biggest point spreads I've ever seen. It's like 54 or something. Yeah. Anyway, I got to take Bama. Yeah, I, I agree. But no, I'm actually going to take Western Michigan to win outright at Michigan State as a 16 and a half point underdog. Love John Washington quarterback. They're a deep sleeper for me as far as a New Year's six G5 slot. And with Michigan State's offense, you just you never know. They're not immune to losing to anybody, really. Yeah. A couple of big plays from Western Michigan. And who knows? Who knows? So last week I had Weber State against San Diego State getting a little over seven. They they covered, but uh, they didn't score. They um, it was six, <laughs> how often do you cover score? scoring zero points? That's crazy. Six oh, to man. nothing. They lost. <laughs> so uh, they covered, but but couldn't get the upset. All right. So this week another kind of 
I like the situation. Wyoming, after their big win against Mizzou, has to go on the road and play Texas State, which you would think that they would just roll, but they're they're only favored seven and a half or so, and that, that just seems fishy. So I'm going to take Texas State in this situation. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Southern Miss, they're getting 17 right now at Mississippi State. Mississippi State kind of struggled last week with Louisiana Lafayette, and I've been high on Southern Miss uh, going into this year. They had an easy win last week against Alcorn State, so uh, I think they got a chance. All right, that'll do it for our week two picks. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Oh, wait a second. We want to recap Louisville real quick, or at least... Louisville so far? Oh, yeah. 35-17 now? Yeah, 35-17 Notre Dame. It was fun while it lasted for Louisville, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it could have been more interesting had they not fumbled those gates early, but yeah. Okay. That's great analysis from us. Sorry, we haven't been able to watch the game, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got um, nothing to say. All right. Also, everyone, follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros. We had a lot of fun interacting with everyone on Saturday, so hope to do that again every week. And uh, good luck to everyone's favorite team this weekend, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.